Canby New Life Foursquare Church welcomes you. We're located at 2350 Southeast Territorial Road, just off Highway 99E. We hope the following message will be a blessing to you. Thank you. Uh, Good morning, everybody. I don't know about you, but I'm already feeling filled by God today. I feel like I've already heard from him. How cool that we get to hear from God. He wants to talk to us. I know the spirit is moving in our hearts this morning. And I'm going to share this because I've just heard already this morning, I've heard this word come up in a couple conversations. And it's people telling me that their hearts were pierced or penetrated. And what we need is our hearts to be pierced by the word of God. There's a moment where Peter in Acts, and he gives, his me- he gives a message, and it says the people were cut to the heart. They were pierced. And you know what is so fascinating? That this language that they use there was a stronger word than when Jesus was pierced in his side. The words were so powerful that they cut to the heart deeper than when Jesus was pierced in his side. And what we need to change our lives to follow God for the deeper and better, more devoted and more passionately is that we would be pierced in our hearts and only the Holy Spirit can do that. So this morning, let's pray and let's welcome the Holy Spirit to talk to us. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We pray that your presence would increase in us and that you would talk to us. God, we want to hear from you. You know our hearts. You know the situations we find ourselves in this morning. But God, we surrender. We just want to hear from you. We just want to be closer to you. This morning, I pray that you would lead us somewhere new in our faith, somewhere deeper and more beautiful. Would you just blow the dust off of our hearts to receive from you more this morning? In your name, amen. At different times throughout history, we see the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, not necessarily like elevated above the other, but more so taking center stage. Um, The Old Testament, it's clear that it's about the relationship of God the Father and his people, and we learn so much about God the Father. And in the New Testament, we see Jesus really take center stage. We see Jesus interacting with his people. If the Bible were still being written, it would be filled with stories of the Holy Spirit moving and working in his people. That is the time we are in. We continue in our series of Acts this morning with the Holy Spirit on the move. The apostles have been filled with power and filled with authority. In fact, they have been filled with the very spirit of Jesus, and they actually feel closer to him than ever before. Isn't that amazing? 
They had just walked with him in the flesh, but the Holy Spirit, his spirit in them, makes them feel closer to Jesus than ever before. They are receiving direction, they're moving in signs and wonders, and they're filling Jerusalem with the gospel. These are different men. These are transformed men. Disciples that learned from Jesus in the gospels, and then up until Acts, they became apostles that were not just asking the questions, they were answering the questions. I think it's amazing that once they were filled with the Spirit, they were referred to as apostles. They became these leaders. They always were, but now they were walking in it because they were empowered by the Spirit. What a time to be alive. And I don't mean then, I mean now. What a time to be alive that we would also be filled with the Spirit and that we would be on the move. We're going to start in Acts 5.12. And we have a lot of, I have a big chunk of scripture today. (laughs) And I don't have any kind of slides for you to follow along with. But if you want to follow along in your Bible, if you want to follow along with your ears, it's up to you. But we're starting in Acts 5.12. And it says, the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple, but no one else dared to join them, even though all the people admired them. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women, as a result of the apostles' work. Sick people were brought out into the streets and on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. Oh my gosh, it's amazing the things that were happening here. Signs and wonders were breaking forth for the purpose of bringing more people into the kingdom. Many new followers were added based on the miraculous works of the Spirit. I'm just going to pose this question because when I think about Peter's shadow leaving an impact, I wonder what kind of impact you leave as you walk by people. As people fall behind your shadow, what kind of impact are you leaving? Not everyone was excited about what was going on. In verse 17, it says, The high priest and his officials, who were Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. This was not the apostles' first time meeting opposition. In fact, it's the second time now in Acts. And they've only been doing ministry for a couple of chapters. It's the second time they've been arrested. Because they were commanded not to speak in the name of Jesus. And now the high priest and the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. Undoubtedly, because of the success these men were having in furthering the gospel. And I think they were filled with this zeal to even 
more intensely go after these men and put us and stamp out whatever was happening here. So since <laughs> threatening these men clearly didn't work, they're thinking we're going to take them and we're going to put them in prison. And maybe then, you know, if they're not around people anymore, maybe then that'll put an end to whatever is going on here. So they arrest the apostles and they put them in prison. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Then he told them, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple, as they were told, and immediately began teaching. I think it's nearly impossible for some of us to all imagine what true oppression and persecution looks like. It's not really what we're faced with. I think we can feel opposition. I think right now (laughs) the actual thing to be looking out for is just offending people. People are just offended so easily. And we feel like we have to, you know, walk on our tiptoes with our faith not to offend. I hate it. (laughs) I really do. So it's near impossible for us to really imagine this kind of oppression the apostles were in, being arrested, put in prison for just saying the name of Jesus. We're not there yet in our time. But I think what we can all identify with is a prison. I think we can all identify with captivity, with something putting a stop to us being able to further the gospel. That would be imprisoned by sin, imprisoned by guilt, imprisoned by grief, imprisoned by sadness, imprisoned by pride, imprisoned by complacency, imprisoned by laziness. We can be imprisoned by our doubt. All of these things that hinder us from preaching the gospel. But Jesus set these men free in order to keep pushing the gospel forward and preaching. And when he sets you free, he has set you free for his purpose and his mission. Imagine if these apostles came out of prison and went and hid because they imagined that the time they're in right now is a little bit too risky to continue doing what we're doing. We can all identify with being in a prison and I know we can all identify with Christ setting us free. Amen. We have been set free so that we would continue in the purpose and mission of Christ. And some of you are probably still sitting in your cell. Or you are hiding. He has set us free. The apostles were set free and told to keep doing the thing that landed them in jail. To keep furthering the gospel by the name of Jesus. And they did so immediately. I love this. Because this would have been so baffling to the high priests. Like laughably baffling. Because let's read on. Verse 21, I believe. 22, I don't know. 
When the high priest and his officials arrived, they convened the high council, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and they sent for the apostles to be brought from the jail for trial. But when the temple guards went to jail, the men were gone. So they returned to the council and reported the jail was securely locked with the guards standing outside. But when we opened the gates, no one was there. When the captain of the temple guard and the leading priests heard this, they were perplexed, wondering where it would all end. Then someone arrived with startling news. The men you put in jail are standing in the temple, <laughs> teaching the people. I mean, imagine if, if the apostles had gotten out of prison and went into hiding, I think that would have been expected. But the apostles come, I mean, the chief priest comes to find that the apostles were teaching in the temple. <laughs> I think he would have been like, wait, where are they? Like, are you serious? It's amazing. I just think that is so funny <laughs> how baffled the chief priest would be by this move. It made me think that as Christians, we have, a, we have a reputation of maybe not being very surprising. I think a lot of people from the outside looking in or based on some of our behavior, people think that we are judgmental. People think we are easily offended. Hashtag Merry Christmas Starbucks. Like, really? People, I've heard stories of people were just shaking their heads like, ugh, Christians. And that breaks my heart. Because we know we don't all feel that way. But the majority of our representation is coming from people that are offended, judgmental. And we're in a time where we're a little bit more known for what we're against than who we're for, which is Jesus what we need is the anointing from the Spirit that our words would be piercing hearts, that we would stop just talking. There's, there's methods of getting Christ across that just don't work because if we're just, words can be the most annoying thing to me sometimes because they just spill out of our mouths a lot of times with no purpose. If God is anointing your words and you're in a conversation with someone who doesn't know the Lord or has some opinion about what Jesus is like and you're there with words that are piercing, dripping with the Holy Spirit, their lives change. Not when you're just flapping about your opinion. Wow. There's just some things that have no weight in an eternity have no measure. And I think it's time that as believers, we start surprising people that there's a new norm and that all starts with the Holy Spirit in you. The apostles, from disciples to apostles, they saw a different world when they were filled with the Spirit. It looked completely different to them. We really are meant to not be of this world. We're meant to see it through God's eyes and the anointing, empowerment, and filling of the Holy Spirit allows us to do that and walk in power, walk in authority, 
Not walk in timidness, timidness, confusion, shame, embarrassment. Are you embarrassed? (laughs) Are you embarrassed of your faith right now? I want, (laughs) I just want to be more unexpected, I think. I want to bring an unexpected gospel in Jesus to what people think they're going to receive. You know what I mean? So the officers go to bring the apostles back from the temple where they're preaching. And it says that they didn't need to use force. They were actually afraid that the people would rise up against them and, and stone them or attack them for bringing the apostles out of the temple and to stop their preaching. So the apostles come back with them to stand before the council again with two charges. The first charge is that they, uh, needed, they were commanded specifically to not preach in the name of Jesus and they were continuing to do so. The second charge was that they were putting the guilt of putting Jesus on the cross on the Jewish leaders, and they were not happy about that. So here the apostles stand. Notice there is uh, no mention of their miraculous escape from prison. I'm pretty sure they wanted to sweep that one under the rug and didn't want to get into the details of that. So what does Peter do in this moment? In verse 29, well, he gives them a sermon (laughs) in the name of Jesus. And this is what he says. We must obey God rather than man. That has so much weight to it. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross Then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. He did this so the people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, who is given by God to those who obey him. What the priests hear in this moment is accusation when I'm positive that Peter was actually giving them a chance of repentance. And when the Holy Spirit is convicting us of something, asking us to repent, we can do one of two things. We can repent or we can harden our hearts. And these men's hearts were so hardened, words couldn't even pierce. When conviction comes, we've got to humble ourselves and repent. It's God's kindness to lead us into health and to know him more. It's here that I want to ask What are we learning about the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit has been in the scripture since the beginning. Since the beginning, he's been there. But now that he has come and filled and it's his time to take center stage in our lives, I'm paying attention to everything in Acts that's pointing to him because I really want to know more about what he's doing, what he's like. 
And we see in verse 32, you are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey him. If you're like me and you start reading Acts, and as we're going through this series of God moving and what this looks like, you're starting to feel stirred up inside. You can sense the Holy Spirit bubbling up inside of you. It's like he's stirring you to realize there's more. And he's trying. He's trying to tell you more, there's more than this. I have anointed you with power and authority. If you're like me, you're wanting to see this empowerment in yourself that you might not be seeing right now. Maybe some of you have sensed that too. Man, I was feeling that in worship. He was already talking to you. He's talking to you right now. I could go on and on and on for hours preaching to you, but really all I care about is that the Holy Spirit is talking to you today. When you go about the rest of your time in life after you walk through these doors, you're not going to remember what I said. You're going to remember what God said. And every day, I had this image he gave me, um, I don't even remember, uh, not that long ago, but I was picturing like just a row of people. And some, some were just looking around <laughs> and some were talking with God. And he was telling me that everyone, every day we wake up with this hunger and this thirst. And some people are going about their day receiving from God. Some, peop- some people are talking to him today. And I'm just look, <laughs> just looking around. That's not, I no. <laughs> it made me be like, that's not fair. I want to hear from God too. I want to talk to him. He's so available to talk to you every day. And every day there's a hunger and a thirst within you and you're going to feast on God or you're going to feast on the world. Let him talk to you today. Now, but more importantly, after we're out of here. <laughs> Receive from him today. I will not shy away in telling you this morning that you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not once, not twice, but filled and filled and filled and filled and filled daily. Jesus said, it's to your advantage I go away. Some of you would probably be more excited if I told you Jesus was coming up on this stage to talk with you. That's cool. But he said, it's to your advantage I leave because the intimacy and the closeness and the way you hear from me is going to be so much better than when I was even here. Holy Spirit is speaking through me this morning. He's talking to you. And Jesus said, it's to your advantage, I go away. We have this deep, incredible need for help. And Jesus said, wait for the helper. He will fill you with power from on high. 
he will tell you what I'm thinking. You will actually be closer to me. He's going to convict you. He's going to be your guide. He's going to be your teacher. He's going to be your friend. And I'm sure months have passed since some of you have asked to be filled by his spirit. He's in you. But in the language of the Bible, it says it's like he wants to bubble up and come forth and to be filled again and again and again. And what we learn from and what we learn about the Holy Spirit in verse 32 is that he's given to those who obey God. If your Christianity is simply to avoid going to hell, and not to turn and repent and follow Jesus, then why do you need to be filled with the Spirit? If you, hear, if you, if you know that you're supposed to be pure and honest and obedient, and that this life is calling you to give everything and that disgusts you, or you're not ready for that, then why do you need the, the Holy Spirit? Because it says he's given to those who obey Holy Spirit is for those who want to follow Jesus 100%. It has taken repentance, a 180 in your life. I want to be pure. I want to be honest. I want to be like Jesus. Holy Spirit, I need you. Fill me. Fill me to follow you better. Because if you're truly communing with the Holy Spirit, he's just telling you about Jesus. He's just speaking truths about Jesus to you. He's livening your soul and your flesh to do good and to follow in his ways. He becomes a reflection of Christ in you, and you're walking in that power and authority. If you want to be obedient. Many, eight, um, A.W. Tozer said this, and it impacted me, and I just began to think on it, and he said, many people want the thrill of being full, but they don't want to pay the price and the cost of being filled, because being filled requires all of you, all of your obedience. No, Holy Spirit is for you if you really want to follow Jesus, and you can't understand this kind of devotion until repentance Repentance says 180, and being filled with the Spirit says, I'll help you. This is where you see not many people actually want to be filled. You see the Spirit wants to be Lord of your life. He wants to fill you so you're no longer in charge of this vessel, that you're no longer the captain, but you're a crew member. You're a passenger on board as the Holy Spirit leads you. Unfortunately, somehow feeling in charge of our own happiness, of our own dreams and goals and job, that just comes so much more naturally because of our flesh. Until we surrender to the Spirit, start to turn those things around, that we would desire the things of God. Oh, to some, 
being filled with the spirit and the obedience sounds like the prison. But to he who has ears, let him hear. That to be filled with the spirit is freedom. I'll let you decide. Continuing on in verse 33, when they heard this, the high council was furious and decided to kill them. But one member, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, who was an expert in religious law and respected by all the people, stood up and ordered that the men be sent outside the council chamber for a while. Then he said to his colleagues, men of Israel, take care what you are planning to do to these men. Some time ago, there was that fellow Theodos who pretended to be someone great. About 400 others joined him, but he was killed, and all of his followers went in various ways. The whole movement came to nothing. After him, at the time of the census, there was Judas of Galilee. He got people to follow him too, but he was killed, and his followers were scattered. So my advice is this. Leave these men alone. Let them go. If they are planning and doing these things merely on their own, it will soon be overthrown. But if it is from God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even find yourselves fighting against God. How wonderful and humbling that it is that this is not in our own strength, but that God is moving his gospel forward and that we get to just embark on that with him. He uses us, but it is by his strength. And as soon as you are relying on your own strength to get through this faith, it will be like the scattering of those men trying to follow those other men proclaiming something. If you're just proclaiming yourself, You will fail. You see, you don't need the Holy Spirit to draw a crowd. You can do that on your own. You can have all the popularity, all the whatever you think you need, you want. You don't need the Holy Spirit for that. Because Jesus, I don't think, is ultimately on a mission of quantity, but quality. He is coming back for a pure bride, one that is so devoted and in love with him that he can spend eternity with. We need the Holy Spirit. Worship team, you can come forward. All right, we'll conclude in verse 40. The others accepted his advice. They called the apostles and had them flogged. Exactly the same thing that happened to Jesus before he was put on the cross. 39 lashings. This killed men. Then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continue to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. Today, I know God is talking to you. I know that some of you across the room are feeling the draw for repentance to say I'm making the 180 to be obedient. And maybe you've asked for forgiveness over and over and over again, but you haven't quite repented for yourself. 
how sucky you are, how much you need God. We need to repent. Gosh, that's probably going to happen a lot more in your life, but it needs to be a part of it so that you can be filled. I believe that today the Holy Spirit is reminding you to be filled with him, to be led by him. You cannot do this on your own, and thank God. Across the room, if you're feeling like you want to be filled with the Spirit, I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to worship together, and we're going to invite God to fill us, and we're going to take joy in obedience. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak to us for the hearts in here that are imprisoned in something. Lord, I pray that you would set them free. For the people in here that know they just need to repent, that they just need to make that 180 again and align their will with yours. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and empower them to do that. And for those that know they need to be filled with you again, Holy Spirit, in your sweet presence, would you bubble up inside of us? Would you spring forth today in worship and obedience and that we would see the fruits of your power and authority in our lives for days and months and years to come? Fall afresh on us today, Lord. Oh, that we would love you and serve you and become pure and obedient in your eyes. A bride and a body worthy of eternity with you. In your name, amen. You can contact the church office Tuesday through Thursday from 9 to 5 and Fridays from 9 to 3 at 503 503- Two six six forty four forty four. Please visit us on the web anytime at canbefoursquare.com. Pastor Ron and others on New Life staff, along with occasional guest speakers, trust that the Holy Spirit will use the message to teach you, encourage you, and give you hope.